And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Anything is Potable. Somber day here on the podcast. I am Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, joined as always by the kid, the guard, the legend, Jay King, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic. We also call him El Nino. Celtics have traded. This is the saddest I've ever heard you. It's a sad day. The Celtics have traded Marcus Smart to the Memphis Grizzlies as part of the three-team deal to land Chris Tapp's Porzingis. They also got the 25th pick in this year's draft. They'll be selecting later this evening. They got a 2024 pick from the Golden State Warriors. They got rid of Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala. This happens after there's an agreed-upon deal yesterday, a framework that we all thought was going to happen. Jay and I recorded a whole podcast about it. But that fell apart did. because the Clippers did not like the injury situation with Malcolm Brogdon. There is a pressure for the Celtics to get a deal done by midnight last night. We heard the deal fell apart. We heard the deal was back on. There's more negotiations. And then, boom, we get the notification that Marcus Smart has been traded. And it sucks. Like, uh, I think in basketball terms, in the abstract, getting two first-round picks and Chris Tapps Porzingis for Marcus Smart is probably pretty good return. But from at least my perspective of the podcast, the fan perspective, it's just shitty, man. Marcus Smart's just like the heart and soul of this team. I don't know how many times I've talked about loving and trusting Marcus Smart. Um. yeah it just does it, it like I know sports is a business and like these things happen and uh, god damn the, C- uh, the NBA Players Association for not being able to collectively bargain and now we have the second apron we have to avoid terrible labor negotiation on their part I blame them for this I blame CJ McCollum I blame Grant Williams um but yeah, man, I I know. Sorry, I'm ranting at this point, Jay. But what were your what was your reaction to them including Smart in this larger deal? Whoa, that was my reaction. Yeah. Just whoa, and like you said, I think if you look at it from the perspective of sheer value, take take it away from what actually happens in a locker room in an organization. It's like Kristaps Porzingis, he's good. Maybe, maybe the best player in that trade. And the Celtics got two first-round picks. And so you look at it, it's like, yeah, yeah, they, they, that's probably something they should do. And then you kind of take a step back 
Think about what Mark, everything Marcus Smart meant to the Celtics. How, t- like, he was certainly their toughest player. Certainly, I mean, every year in the playoffs, he seemed to lift his game to another level. And obviously, you know, there were sometimes, like, some of his flaws were some of their flaws and, and vice versa. He, he was part of the fabric of the team in all ways. I think the biggest thing you could say about Marcus Smart, he just cared. Like He cared on the court. He cared off the court. He cared about people. He cared about things. He cared about winning basketball games. He just cared so much more than the average person. And he brought an energy to the Celtics. Honestly, like if you were at their practice, it was almost certain that Marcus Smart would be one of the first voices that you heard. <laughs> and he'd be he'd be talking shit about a three point contest he was in. He'd be screaming at somebody like making a joke about somebody about some move they made like he was just always his voice that you heard and i don't mean that in a way of like he was constantly leading them it was like his energy was just super evident every day and i think there were some issues that came with that obviously he's had some highly publicized arguments with with teammates in the past uh with coaches in the past i think remember when he punched a hole in the wall of the washington locker room not even the other like i was was thinking in la budget no we'll do a we'll do a potable six-pack at the end of our greatest marcus smart memories but i don't i don't remember the hole in washington i think i want to say he got in an argument with the assistant coaches which at the time was like brad's staff way back in the in the day and he just punched a hole in the wall after like leaving the court in a in a huff um yeah he was badass he rocked (laughs) yeah and, and i don't i don't say these things that bring them up to like besmirch marcus smart it was just part of the entire Marcus Smart package, which was genuine, generally super helpful to the Celtics. And that ability to care, and it was one of the reasons why their defense was fantastic o- over the past nine years during Marcus Smart's career. It was one of the reasons why they never missed the playoffs with Marcus Smart, even though he joined a team that was 25 and 57. The amount of things he saw in the Celtics organization was like, it's just crazy how much an organization, a team can change over nine years. He stepped in and Rondo, Rondo was still on the Celtics. Brad Stevens was still a inexperienced head coach. And goes from Rondo to Isaiah to Kemba or to Kyrie to Kemba to then Marcus Smart finally got his chance at point guard the position he wanted and he was really good at it and I thought that formula helped the Celtics it unlocked the Celtics it let them reach the finals because they could switch everything they were big and tough everywhere and 
they can kind of still replicate that. They'll be huge with Chris Apps Porzingis now, obviously in the starting lineup. They'll probably start bigger now that they no longer have smart around. I don't think starting small will be much of an option, especially if Malcolm Brogdon's injury status is real. The fact that the Clippers balked at that trade kind of sends alarms about that because they are desperate for a point guard. They should have been extremely willing to overlook whatever injuries he had just out of sheer desperation, and they didn't do that. So we'll see what his status will be moving forward. We'll see how many games he's able to play. Who knows right now on that front? But right now, like, point guard position is Derek White's. Closing spot is Derek White's. I think that's what the Celtics... My guess would be that the Celtics believe Derek White, or the front office believe Derek White should have been the closing in the closing lineup all the time this year and believe that he was their best guard and jumped at the chance to... Not jumped at the chance, obviously. It wasn't their first choice, but landed on a trade that left him as the lone starting point guard and they'll be bigger. They'll be, I assume Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will play a lot more two and three this season, but they're going to miss Marcus smart. They're going to miss just the presence he brought every day. The, ability to compete no matter what how many games were they just like dead in the water and then Marcus Smart hit like four threes that was like his thing or like, just he- like drew a charge or made a crazy diving play the amount of just insane stuff that we've seen Marcus Smart do over the like last nine years or just like how the hell did he get to that ball like how the hell did he save that and then I think that's the thing that's like the most shocking about it is like when I think of this Celtics team, it's over the past nine years, you mentioned they have not missed the playoffs. It's like it was Marcus Smart's first year. It was uh, in Brad Stevens' first year. It's like the the kind of post big three Celtics. It's like Marcus Smart is the one of the building blocks and feels very much part of that, the core identity. And like, I don't know how many players in the locker room have said that this like Marcus was the heart and soul of that team. I know Al Horford said it a bunch. Um, One time I had to write a story about who was the heart and soul of the Celtic. Like that was the directive was to write a story about the heart. I think it was a heartbeat. And every single person I asked said Marcus Smart. There was not a single dissenting vote. It was just all Marcus Smart. And that was, that was years ago, but still that, that spoke volumes about the the impact that he had both on the court, in the locker room, everything. So that's just like the crazy thing is how does the team, like obviously they're professional basketball players. It's not like they're losing Marcus Smart. They're going to like not know how to, you know, commence a basketball season and proceed moving forward. But it's just like, what does the team look like without, what everyone has called the the heart and soul. And so it's just like I did I did not see this coming. Uh this was a uh really a, a wild kind of notification to get on Twitter 
And I get, I mean, I just come back to like from the basketball perspective, from like the cold calculated perspective, it's, it's probably a, a good value deal. I'm looking at everyone else in NBA Twitter and they're like, wow, the Celtics fleece the Grizzlies. But there is just like, I know the Celtics didn't win, but it was like, it would have felt so much cooler to win with the core guys, that being Marcus, Jalen, and Jason. And just like, there's something about kind of having like a connection to the player who was drafted by the team. Like, and we've seen the growth of Marcus Smart from um, young maniac to, I guess, middle aged maniac. Um, but he has, he, has, he was less of a maniac in recent years. Yeah. He, he, Still a maniac on the court, less of a, a kind of wild card, I would say. Um, but like in in this era of basketball, unless you're an absolute superstar, staying nine years with a team is not something that necessarily happens that frequently. And it hasn't uh, happened with the Celtics. Um, I think Pierce was the longest tenured Celtic before Marcus Smart. Um, yeah, it's just like. Uh, it just smacks you and reminds you that sports is a business and that like, yeah, I guess they're trying to win championships and something might change. It's just that I really just enjoyed everything there was about Marcus smart. The whole point of love and trust is that even yes, Marcus smart is going to throw a crazy heave at the end of the game, or yes, he's going to attempt a flop or yet he, yes, he's going to do something genuinely stupid and it's going to be awesome because he makes up for it and everything else that he does um just the talk about like i feel like brad just invented the phrase impacts winning to talk about marcus smart or winning plays um maybe it's about more about jay crowder but we'll give credit to marcus smart right now um he was just the kind of guy you wanted to root for as a fan and it was just like really enjoyed everything he did and so it's just gonna it's kind of sucks. But like the one thing I'm like looking forward to right now is like the Grizzlies coming back to Boston next year and the tribute video and like the, the 10 minute standing ovation that he's going to get because it's interesting now to see all the people being like, Oh, I'm furious about this because Marcus smart was also like the number one person that people criticized on this team. The number one target forever. <laughs> and, and no matter it didn't have to be his fault. And I think sometimes people clung to issues that he had earlier in his career, like decision-making, shot selection, all of that, stuff that he really shored up and tried really hard to, like, get better at. Yeah, like, people talk about his, like, I've seen Grizzlies fans who are furious and are just being like, well, he's not compared, like, he's, why would they give up Tyus Jones and, like, Dylan Brooks? This isn't, like, an impact, like, one, there's just the intangible of just like this guy's going to try really hard. But like in terms of playmaking, Marcus Smart got so much better at that. I described it on our podcast yesterday or I was like talking about just how they replaced Brogdon. I think Marcus Smart was the Celtics second best playmaker. There were points in that uh, at least in the Sixers series where Marcus Smart was the best player on the Celtics, especially when Tatum was um, really struggling. I think in game six, it was Marcus Smart who's like, basically kept him in the game the entire time. He had that like masterclass performance with a what 11 assists in the first half against Miami in game one. Like if we dive into the basketball portion of it, I think they're just really going to miss his one just as it's his defensive intensity, his physical toughness, um, but also just like in terms of playmaking, 
We talked all season about the kind of chemistry that developed between him and Tatum. He was the prime guy who set up Jason Tatum this year, and those two guys could read defenses. I think there's just going to be a huge loss in terms of, I guess it's like I guess institutional knowledge, but especially just like playmaking and kind of getting guys where they're supposed to be. Marcus Smart got that much better at that on the offensive end. I think a lot of people could argue that maybe last year his def- defense slipped a little bit. I certainly think he was probably injured from uh, just or played hurt last year. Uh, but I do think this like the biggest impact to the Celtics on the court is who's the or who's your go to guy? Who's your who's your point guard in this moment? And who's going to be running the offense when it's not Jason Tatum? And how much does your defense suffer because you don't have Marcus Smart? Obviously, Derek White was the one who was second-team all-defense last year. Derek White was amazing, blocked shots at a rate you rarely see from a guard. Rearview could test everything. But you're not putting him on Joel Embiid. Yeah, you're not switching everything with Derek White. You are not doing that. Because if you do, he's just going to get bullied, and that was that was part of what separated the Celtics' defense. Like their big guys, their centers could guard point guards, and their point guard Marcus Smart could guard centers, and it didn't matter which center. Like <laughs> him guarding Embiid was hilarious during the playoffs, uh, but he would pick him up full court and just do his best to irritate him and. The Celtics, I don't want to say they got away with it because Embiid still did a lot against them, but it wasn't like he just tortured that strategy. It wasn't like it was he was just shrugging off Marcus Smart. You you brought up the like how it would have meant more to for them to win a title with the core. And when you say that core do you just mean like smart Tatum and Brown? Yeah, like the guys they drafted. And I guess at this point, no, Horford doesn't. It's basically just those three guys. It's like the guys they drafted and like you can see their development and they come in at like a young age and like, I don't know. Yeah, that's the core I'm talking about. Yeah. And to me, the defining characteristic of those guys is they were able to just deal with a lot of shit and keep going the amount of stuff that that smart saw in his tenure like the amount of big losses they had with him involved the amount of times it seemed like they were coming apart at the seams and they always found a way to put themselves back together they like they had Brad step down. Ime stepped in. Then Ime got suspended, and eventually they parted ways with him. They like had so many playoff failures, <laughs> and then just always found a way to just come back the next year. I like to me, I. I after the Kyrie year, it was so bad that I wondered, how do they just bring everybody else back? <laughs> how do you just bring many of the same guys from that team back and expect 
that they'll move forward and there won't be scars from that and they'll actually be a team and everything like that. And it, they just they just gelled again. And Kemba Walker certainly helped that, but I think a lot of it was just that the guys, the core guys in Smart and Tatum and Brown were just always willing to get back on the same page. And it was never perfect with them. It was like sometimes they had to be pushed to the brink before snapping back. We saw that Ime Odoka's first year, like half first half of season, they were just awful. We have saw that in playoff series where they would just piss away games and, and almost piss away series, and in some cases actually piss away series. The, the last series Smart played in was a example of that, but the, the ability to always like recenter themselves and keep fighting. I think that will be the defining characteristic of that trio. And, and I think Marcus smart, his ability to, to care more than anyone else. I think that really mattered and he cared about the people around him he cared about the people he was doing it with he he loved Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum he and Brown had like a a funny relationship at times because they were like very different people and they could butt heads like any brothers do but they loved each other and and I think like they'll, they'll really miss smart I think the core will really miss smart. I think like smart. I don't think he was always easy to be in the locker room with. Like he, he would, he would butt heads sometimes with people. He would butt heads with coaches sometimes, but it was all because he cared. And I, I remember like back in the day, eventually people caught on to Marcus smart. Just, being a leader, I think maybe maybe they knew it all along, but there was there was a stretch where people wondered if he was like this big issue. And I I was asked about it on the radio. Radio guys always seem to hate Marcus Smart. Um, but they asked me about it on the radio, and I remember just thinking to myself, like, if you have a problem with what Marcus Smart is telling you. Then you're probably the problem. Yeah, it means because, you're not trying hard enough, and you're fucking up. Yeah, and like if you have a real issue with what Marcus Smart is telling you, whether it's when he was mad because Tatum and Brown wouldn't pass the ball, and he just wanted to stress teamwork, that was that was real. <laughs> like they needed to be unself more unselfish. They needed to pass the damn ball, and he was the one the first one at least to say it publicly the loudest one to say it publicly and i think that ended up helping the celtics i've had a number of people tell me that ended up helping the celtics and i don't think he set out to like <laughs> I, I think he was just really fucking frustrated that those two guys wouldn't pass the ball as much as they should and uh but that was just one of the examples of of him caring and the the team reacting in a way that I don't think right away they were on good terms after that but they always found a way to come back to each other and and they always did and now they'll 
they'll have to figure out a way to do it without smart um it's going to be just like interesting to see what i guess the identity of the team is moving forward just because i don't know i started covering games for the celtics in marcus smart's first year and so i've not like covered a boston celtics team that didn't have marcus smart on it so i'm sure i have all my my own sentimental bullshit up in this but like what is like it's it feels like the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as I guess the leaders of the team. I don't know exactly what their their personality is on the court. They're not like the get in your face type of guy. They're not the like vocal leaders. Jason Tatum. Uh, my first word I was going to say is kind of a sociopath in the terms of just like him. Just like being cool, calm, and collected. I would have gone moments. with just laid back. Yeah, but I'm uh, <laughs> I'm shooting from the hip this morning. Um, but like Jalen Brown, I don't think is like the most like my most memorable moments of Jalen Brown is like him getting yelled at on the court. I don't remember like Jalen Brown necessarily yelling at a lot of people unless it was Marcus Smart. And so it's like, where does that intensity? Where does like the intensity come from? Where does the kind of uh, accountability where does the, the leadership and maybe that was like the next step in those guys careers that they like they needed to be bigger leaders uh, but it's just it's just wild man I just didn't I thought I was hoping Marcus Smart would be the type of player who's just like yeah he's with the Celtics forever and I know when like front offices start making like kind of sentimental decisions like that it's usually not best for the on-court product but like at this at this point, fuck it. Like I would have rather just had Marcus Smart on the team, but I understand it's not like the most logical basketball move to just like commit to one guy forever just because you like his personality. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, and the, and the the other piece of this is like, it also feels so like it, it, it's a different feeling because they had a framework that didn't include Marcus Smart. And they yeah. could have they could have done the trade with the Grizzlies anyway. And but that's not didn't seem like they were motivated to do it. It seems like they're very motivated to get Porzingis. And then they shopped around Malcolm Brogdon. This is all wild speculation. And no one wanted Malcolm Brogdon, especially after this injury thing. So they probably called up the Grizzlies and Grizzlies were like, well, what about smart? And then that's where you get the two extra kind of like first round picks from the Grizzlies. Um but yeah, the fact that they had a framework, the fact that we got 17 tweets about how they were slowly approaching a deal, they were narrowly close to a deal, the deal was almost there for Brogdon, and then to have that canceled, then have just kind of what feels like a scramble, because they had this deadline of two, at like by midnight, they had to figure it out for, or Chris Stapps was going to opt in or opt out, um, to have this kind of like, that as part of that, just like kind of have the, Marcus Smart be included in that uh, was kind of a gut punch. Yeah, and let me just be clear: I liked the other deal for the Celtics more. Oh yeah, even <laughs> even though this one nets them two first round picks, that was a way. Like to me, Malcolm Brogdon was great last year, and Sixth Man of the Year gave them offensive steadiness that they didn't have Marcus Smart is far more pivotal to to what they do and so the first trade didn't touch their fabric it was like I don't want to call him a peripheral piece because he was a six man of the year he was more than that but they would have added Porzingis without moving a starter and instead they didn't just move a starter. They moved a foundational piece who had been there forever and who was a real part of the culture in Boston. And so that, like that, that's, I think the, the other trade would have been a better deal for Boston. And they I would have liked their roster a lot more with Smart on it rather than Brogdon, especially now that Brogdon has God knows what health health stuff going on. Yeah, is there are they just are just like forced to bring Brogdon 
back at this point because I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him. Yeah, but like what's what I guess. I mean, who, who knows? Because now, now you need another guard, right? If if you trade him, you better go get another guard. But they did get two first round picks. They do have control of of their own three first round picks beyond this draft. So they have a lot of ammunition now to use on the trade market if they want to. I don't know what that will mean, but they could they definitely don't need to be done dealing right now. They could they even have enough trade they have enough draft capital to put themselves in the market for big another big name guy if they want. Now there that would come with cap issues. They're already going to be in second apron hell. I don't think they'll go over the second apron, but they're going to need to make concessions because of it. it appears that Grant Williams will be a casualty of this trade and that he won't come back to the Celtics and that they won't have enough money to fit him in under the second apron, which is another big deal. Like, And another guy who just brought energy to the Celtics every day. I don't, I don't know if Jason, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are absolutely workers. They're hard workers. I don't know if they're the guys who are like just the biggest energy guys on a day-to-day basis. I think you're better off surrounding them with guys who are real energy guys. And I don't know what Porzingis is like. I have no idea what Porzingis is like, honestly, <laughs> behind the scenes. don't think he's an energy guy. Not certainly on the level of Marcus Smart. Probably not on the level of Grant Williams. But I think that would be something I'd be interested in adding for the Celtics if I were in their front office. You need to find guys who will make it fun and enthusiasm enthusiastic to come to work every day. You have to have guys who are are just in that, like like just bringing the energy to practice, to film sessions, to everything. They'll have some guys on staff who are like that for sure, but but they they could probably use a player or two like that. Um, uh, let's let's. We have plenty. We have all summer to talk about Chris Tapps, Porzingis, kind of impact on the team, subsequent moves. I want to refocus our energy in our final eight minutes back on Marcus Smart. Love him and trust him. But um, let's, well, we we should talk a little bit about Chris Tapps. They're well, going to play bigger. For, I don't care. They're going to play bigger. He's going to give them a post threat. He's going to draw fouls. He he drew a hundred two free throws in December which is 40 more than Robert Williams and Al Horford combined to shoot all regular season long. Sure. He's that, quite tall. That's crazy. Uh, he's a great rim protector. The stats on his rim protection put him pretty close to elite. Like the, the yeah, best he, names in rim protection. Is he going to dive on the floor, Jay King? Is he going to draw a nonsense charge against someone to change the, the tenor of a game? Is he well, going to back down? And just get random little buckets in the paint when the team's faltering. Uh, he maybe that's his his one good skill. That actually <laughs> might, might be what he does. Yeah, it's also it's ironic that the Celtics traded Marcus Smart in the Porzingis deal because I remember early in Porzingis's NBA life, Smart could just lock him down. <laughs> I had no problem just just really irritating him in the post and would guard Chris Tapps, Porzingis. And then they got traded for each other. Porzingis has developed a long way since then. He's no longer the guy who you can just bother by putting 
a really strong guard on him. But all right, let's get back to Marcus Smart. Do you think if the Grizzlies win a championship this year, they throw Marcus Smart like a Ray Bork style parade? They should. They should. I, they should. He he's uh means that much. All right, let's finish up. Oh, uh, do you want to do a Marcus pack? Smart's gonna be really good for the Grizzlies? By he's the way. gonna be so good for the Grizzlies, uh, especially with Ja being out. But just like that is the perfect landing spot for him if he's not gonna be on the Celtics. I love just like the, him being on a kind of a crazy team that really uh plays defense and uh like could use his physicality and. At this point, his maturity, I think he's the second oldest player on the Grizzlies, but just him, Triple J, Steven Adams is just going to be, wow, the Steven Adams-Marcus Smart connection is going to be mighty, mighty powerful. Um, those are two, two intense individuals. But do you want to do a, a potable six-pack or a just uh, we can just go Let's back and a potable six-pack. All right. Marcus Smart Moments. Marcus Smart Moments. Number one for me. I'm taking the first pick. Again, it was uh, a random regular season game in December, but it was against the Houston Rockets. The Celtics, I think, make this crazy comeback. And remember back in the TD Garden where they had seats on the baseline for media or like scouts? So yes. I was like sitting in that section. So I was like completely surrounded by the fans. And Marcus Smart draws what? like three consecutive charges on James Harden to complete I think it was two, but still it was crazy to complete the comeback. And it was just like the quintessential Marcus smart moment. I think it was my, been my favorite moment as a, like a fan slash fake journalist covering the Boston Celtics, like to be in the garden for that's something I'll always remember. It's just like two charges in a row on James Harden, who was furious. And it was an amazing, amazing Marcus smart moment. Incredible Marcus Smart moment. I'm going to go with the Game 7 block on Norman Powell. That was so badass. Because that was, I think the Celtics, the Celtics were up 289-87. A minute left in Game 7. They had pissed away Game 3 in that series. That was the only reason why it was still a series. And Game seven's falling apart. Marcus Smart's the only one back in transition. Norman Powell looks like he burst by him, and Smart just smashed it off the glass. Just smashed it off the glass. Uh, I get another pick, don't I? I do. Uh, the kip-up. The original kip-up. In Chicago? Yes. The original kip-up. You gotta give credit. The, uh, just a magical, magical move from a magical, magical man. Yeah, it is pretty badass. I'm trying to debate right now. Um, <laughs> first thing that came to mind is when he punched that thing in L.A. in the uh, hotel room. I know yep. say that's one of his like glorious moments for Marcus Smart, but it was uh, quite humorous. Um, I'm just trying to think. There's a, a play recently. I think it was two years ago in the playoffs where he's like stole the ball. Knocked the ball away, um, was able to save the ball from going out of bounds. There's just so many moments where he made the hustle play, made the diving on the ground. I'm like play, saved the play, was able to just be in the right place at the right time, grab the right rebound. That I don't know if I can single out a, a, a specific 
one. Just take all of them. Take all. I'll of take them. all of them. Uh, all of them collectively, and then um, my next moment is going to be uh, all of the times he took heaves when there was like 20 seconds left on the clock and he thought the time was running out that's just hilarious that just uh made me laugh i never i never got angry at him for it but like he had like three or four doozies over the past couple seasons they were just like what are you doing marcus you don't need to shoot it always 75 feet with the 20 seconds left always willing to take the heave uh what what's a good one there are so many, just so many. Um, what was that game where he got just like absolutely on fire from three and hit like the Phoenix me. game when he went like 12 for 25? He still has yeah. a single game record for most Celtics threes. Uh, the, 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 the one that really stands out to me, and it, it'll kind of be the, an image that sticks with me now that Marcus Smart has been traded, just the celebration when they made the finals. Because it was such joy from three guys who had been through hell on the Celtics, who had been doubted, who had been criticized, who had been complained about more than anyone. And uh like just the sheer joy that they had when reaching the finals was was incredible. And then, I mean, there are just so many moments. I thought, like, just personally, the way he dealt with the media, he just treated us so well. He was always willing to chat about anything. Poor guy's mom got cancer, passed away, and he would sit there and talk about her and in such detail that I thought it did her great service because everyone learned about her. Everyone grew to love her because of the things that he shared about her. And when people would ask me who, who my favorite Celtics player was like to deal with Marcus smart was always one of the answers that I said, always, always, always from the time he was young to the end, he was just, just a really, really good dude good-hearted dude with a lot of heart um on and off the court so salute to him salute to him love and trust love and trust yeah, hell of a celtics tenure so many memes so many good things about marcus smart this sucks we'll be back we'll talk all about how chris Stapps affects their defensive rotations all As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 